Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Well, before we start, let's, let's, continue, let's ask the Lord just to speak to us tonight. Do you need the Lord to meet you? I know I do. Right where you are, would you just ask him just to talk to you? What do you need from him tonight? Just tell him. Just tell him. Father, I'm thankful that you are all-knowing and you're everywhere. You're all-powerful. So in the most beautiful kind of way, God, you meet everybody right where they are. And you're perfectly loving to each one of us. Lord, we're just, I'm just thankful for that. God, meet us here as we open up your word. God, I just pray that you would speak through this earthen vessel that I am and he would shine through. And Lord, we hand you this time. This is, this is just all you. It's all about you. And Lord, lead us into your truth. I pray for freedom in the room. God, those who need to see, I pray you open eyes. God, those who need to begin talking, I pray that you would loosen lips to speak. God, those who of us who need to hear, I pray that you would loosen our ears to hear. And speak to us. We just invite you to do that right where we are and right how we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, as we sing those songs, we talk about hope. I just wanna always encourage you as we hear and experience stories of God, I wanna make sure that you hear those as well. So uh, Melissa, I'm gonna ask Melissa, just you come, and I just asked her to share just a real quick thing about what she saw God do on, on Tuesday. And it's not about Tuesday. Listen to me, Tuesdays are not everything. But if you don't know, we walk the street on Tuesday and we see God do incredible things. Wherever you decide to walk on purpose with him, he will do those things right where you are. So take note. Uh, Melissa, yeah. tell them what you saw God do. Okay, so on Tuesday night, we were downtown and Debbie, she felt like the Lord told her to look for a woman in a green shirt that had recently lost her husband. And so we're walking around downtown and we see this lady and she's dressed up as Luigi with her little boy that's Mario. And my husband sees her and he's like, I think that's the lady that we're supposed to talk to. And then she walks into a restaurant. I said, oh, we lost her. And so he said to the Lord, okay, if she comes back out, we'll talk to her. And sure enough, they come back out and they sit on the patio. So we go over and we talk to her and we tell her what we do downtown. And um, she says, she starts looking around and she says, who, who told you this? Who, who is telling you this? And we're like, the Lord spoke, like told her to look for a lady that lost, lost her husband. And she goes, I mean, I get that you're saying Jesus told you this, but seriously, who are you with? And we're like, it's, it's all Jesus. And so come to find out, um, she had a little boy, and I would guess he was probably, yeah, yeah maybe five, yeah. maybe five. And he was running around. She said, when I was pregnant with him, I lost my husband. 
um, apparently when she was uh, maybe 20 weeks along, found out that her husband had cancer, and in the course of four months, he got sick and died. And it just, us telling her that we were down there and that the Lord told us to speak to her, it really blew her mind. And me and Andrew, we really, we talked about it afterwards, and we're like, we really did not expect that to be the person that the Lord wanted us to speak to. We fully expected her to be like, no, this is, no, that's not me. But um, yeah, she freaked out a little bit. I think we scared her a little bit, but um, it was so good to see the Lord move. Uh, and I just, I invited her to Midtown and I hope she follows up. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to tell you, like, Jesus is still in the place of authority, and he still does incredible things. And he's still calling a world that is broken and hurting to himself. Because guess what? You know what? God loves the world so much that he died for it. This is the truth. And he's calling this world to himself through us. We are the body of Christ. You say, man, people just need a touch from Jesus. I'm just telling you, you are the body. You hear that? You are the body of Christ. Is that a revelation for some of us in the room tonight? Like, you're the moving being of Jesus here on this earth because his spirit indwells you. Go. They need a touch from Jesus. Love them. But can you imagine somebody walking up to you, telling you a deep truth about yourself that is deeply wounding and hurting, and you feel like maybe God forgot about you, but somebody walks up and says, God told me this, and you are the one. And here's what he wants you to know. He sees you, and he loves you so much. It's beyond this place. It's beyond what we understand. And I'm just, I just want to tell you, he's still up to doing stuff like that. God is so amazing. And there is nothing special about us. It's just somebody who will say yes to him. And if you say yes to him right where you are, I promise you, he's going to take you in ways you've never experienced, but it's beyond and most, much more wonderful than you could ever try to invent or create for yourself. And I just want to encourage our church with that, that there can be these experiences for you. And uh, when we call on him, he's really wanting to reveal himself to the world. Is that encouraging? I pray that it's encouraging to you guys and not discouraging, please. Okay, so past couple of weeks we've been talking about this, this idea of payback. Past couple of weeks, if I love sports. It's the, the weekends of payback. I love it. I love rivalries. It's awesome. And we talked about the past few weeks about this principle of the world that everybody sits in one of two seats. The one who owes, I really owe something. The one whom it is owed, I need justice served now. Every one of us have sat in one of these two seats before, right? I felt indebted to somebody. Maybe you've wronged somebody. Maybe you've hurt somebody. Have you ever sat in this seat? I hate this seat, y'all. I hate this seat. Have you ever felt like somebody wronged you and they owed you? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I like this seat for a moment. I really do for a moment. 
But if you live in this seat too long and you don't get what you expect or what you hope to get from this person who owes you, there's a hardening that takes place, a bitterness. You ever met somebody that's just been done wrong for a long time and never met? I mean, it don't matter what you've done because you haven't done anything, but I'm gonna take it out on everybody around me because I didn't get what I needed over here. And now it's become a part of my life and I'm a little bit harder. So if you sit in this seat too long, it's the same amount of death as it is if you sit under the weight of owing somebody else. I would propose to you that none of us were ever meant to sit in either of these seats. Why? The simple truth that I've read for weeks, and I, I pray that this continues to captivate us from the book of Colossians. If you don't know, the book of Colossians is kind of at the end of your Bible a little bit. And I want to read, here's the truth. Here's why we don't sit in these seats, okay? I read it again. Colossians 1, it's not going to be on the screen. Sorry, Kenny, my bad. I love you guys. For God, listen to this, in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. This was his idea. And through Christ, God reconciled. That word is an accounting word. It means to balance the books. You could teach this better than I could, my brother the accountant in the room. But through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. It means he paid every bit of the price. He covered the debt. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is how it was really paid. You know what was included in all of that, it says? This all includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. Wait a minute, Jay. I don't feel that. I, listen, listen. I, I got nothing against him. You were his enemies, it says. Separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. I would love to unpack this further. If you read the whole book of Colossians, there is an incredible passage there that helps us understand even our good deeds, if they're not done, motivated from the love of Jesus, are all about us. And it might look like I have my life together, but it has nothing to do with changing my evil heart. Because you know what motivated me? The love of myself. It had nothing to do with you because I only love me. That's what Colossians tells us. So even those of us who have our lives together, if we're inspired from the lifeblood of it's all about me, I got a good job, I've gone to college, I never got in trouble, and it's all motivated from the root of it's all about me, it's still just as evil as somebody who says, it's all about me and I'm gonna do whatever I want and I don't care what none of y'all say. It's no different. It's motivated from the same place. So... Because every single one of us really love us. He said, I got to do something about this. And we had evil thoughts and actions. Yet now it says he has reconciled, once again, you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. Here's the great news. And you are 
holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So we no longer sit in these seats. We have been called to stand before him and every debt has been paid. Is that good news for some of you? You feel like you owe God a lot? Go to the cross. You can't pay him back. Receive this truth. You can't do anything about this. You have to receive what Jesus did about it. Do you feel like you owe God? Do you feel like God owes you? Stand up. These are not seats for us to sit in and it will kill your soul. Stand up. But stand up because he made it right and every debt was paid and he's called you holy and blameless. If you receive that truth tonight, it can move us forward in our conversation. But listen to this. You must continue to believe this truth, and I love this word, and stand firmly in it. Don't leave it. Stand. Don't sit back down. Stand up. But I really feel like I deserve to sit down. Don't do it. These are not seats for you. And if you do, it might feel good for a moment, but it is soul death. Don't sit down. Stand up. Stay standing, and the thing that makes us want to sit down is a truth that feels very true, is it not? I was done wrong, so I deserve to sit down. But listen to this, listen to this. Why has that truth superseded the reality that Jesus paid these debts? Because I like this truth better. It puts me back in the driver's seat. Some of us need to stand up today or remember that we, were, we, we are standing. We're actually standing, but we're living this life. We stand because of what Jesus has done. And if you feel like you deserve to stand today, you have no merit in doing this at all. It was all by Jesus. This is why we say, thank you, Jesus. This is why we love to dance and sing praises. Because it's such good news and it's true. So what do we do now that we're standing? That's what I wanna talk about tonight for a moment. What do we do now? And what does Paul tell this church our lives look like as we're standing. I believe this is a perfect message for Halloween Eve. I'm pumped about tonight. I think it's gonna be awesome. I wanna read this to you, Colossians 3. So the book continues. I skipped a little bit, but now we're at Colossians 3. He explains gospel, and now he says, hey, if then, if you have been raised with Christ, you have risen, Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Where he's seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of this world. 
he later goes on to talk about what it looks like if you set your mind on this world. Here's what begins to manifest in your life. You begin to covet what your neighbor is doing and has. So the second you begin to look around, you be like, man, I don't have the life that they got. Man, I really like that. We've looked down. And it says that we begin to live in passion. Begin to live for that thing. Oh, my heart burns for this thing. Does your heart burn for anything here? I'm going to tell you, I want to take... I just pray that the Lord continues to open our eyes to the reality of the truth. There's so many people living for a better life here, you know what I mean? And listen to me for a second. Like, if heaven is as good as it says, this place is nothing. Listen. If heaven is as good as the Bible talks about, this is not even a shadow of what's coming. Why are we so worried about this place, y'all? I think this message is so important for us because it's so easy to get sucked into the narrative of this whole place. It matters about here. It matters what's happening here. Look at this. Look at that. Do this. Do that. We get sucked in so quickly. And I begin to live like everybody else. But listen, we've been raised to walk a new life. He says three things. Pursue the things that are above. Remember the ultimate authority. Guess who's actually seated? Whose seats this is, the judges. Jesus took the judge seat and he's sitting down. Let him keep his seat, y'all. Let him keep his seat. Would you let Jesus keep his seat? And would you receive your invitation to stand before him? Let God have his day in people's lives because they're in process too. And as crazy as it sounds, he loves them too. Oh gosh. Lord, don't you know what they did to me? And Jesus says, listen, when they did it to you, they did it to me. Come on, church. This is what he told Saul. Hey, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't touch Jesus. He touched all the church. But Jesus aligned his life with the church. Why? Hey, listen, this wasn't a defense against you. It was a defense against the one who's united his life with yours. So guess who's now been offended? The judge. Don't sit down in his seat. He's got the seat. Stay standing before him. Somebody who's been set free by him. This will set you free from ever feeling the need to sit in these seats because we are not wise enough. I'm so glad he's allowed each one of us to stand tonight. Aren't you? Man. But Jay, what's this mean, okay? All right. What's this mean? I mean, I'm I'm in this world. I'm surrounded by all of it. How How can I not? Maybe you've heard this phrase, be in the world, but what? Of the world. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? I don't know either, actually. It's very similar. Like it, it's close to Bible, and, it, and you could take it in its 
kind of piece it together, you get from the Bible, but like, he, this is close. This is close to that phrase, but listen to this. Listen, this is, comes from John chapter 17, and it's a story about what Jesus said. This is Jesus' prayer that he prayed over his people and the church. He says, listen, I do not ask to his father, he's praying again, I do not ask that you would take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Listen to this though. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. So he goes on to say, so I'm sending them as I have been sent. So the kind of, listen, listen, many of us live in that reality. So we're gonna be in this world, right? I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that, but let's not be of it. So maybe unintentionally, you might feel this idea that I'm in this place and I really gotta watch out for like who I get close to and what's happening around me because if I get too close, I'm gonna become kind of, you know? So like separation, leave, really? Does that make sense? Think about that. But what is Jesus saying in his prayer? He, said, he didn't say, be in it, not of it. He said, you are not of it, so I'm sending you into it. You have an identity. You're standing. Because you're standing, I'm sending you into this place where people are seated to help them stand. Because I came that they would have life. This is no life, this is death. Help them stand. And the only way to help them stand is that their heart would be transformed by the truth that they can be called and declared holy and blameless. Not because you do it perfectly, but because good news is offered to us through the person of God. His name is Jesus. Stand, my friend. And because we are standing, now we go. That phrase takes on a whole different idea and meaning, does it not? Does it? Give me some feedback. We're going family. Like, does that make sense? Or do any, anybody want me to continue? To that makes sense, right? Here's the reality. We are standing in Christ. If you have been redeemed by him, transformed by him, changed by his gospel, called on him to be Lord and master, if he is your master, then you are standing. This is the truth. Receive the truth tonight. And as you receive this truth, I don't care what anybody else speaks over you, these other things are not true. And they sit in the seat of the mocker we stand in light of the truth. Let them talk. But how do we respond to those who are mocking in these chairs? We stay standing. And we are rooted and grounded in the truth. So what is the truth about tonight? What is this truth about Halloween? And I'm like, I, you get on any other social media, you get all kind of crazy ideas and crazy stuff and all this nutso stuff's happening. I want, to, I want to tell you about the history of this night. Some of you might know this and some of you might not. In my study 
I looked up in this, there's a assistant professor in uh, folklore mythology at UCLA. And he says basically that the earliest trace of Halloween is a Celtic festival. We've all, I mean, if you've been on, maybe it's just my social media that's targeted at me, you know, like these crazy like spiritual conspiracies, you know, because I know what I'm saying. Listen, you know what crazy? I preached on this passage and then like all through my feet is these people saying the verse I was preaching on up here. That's so weird. They're listening. <laughs> the earliest trace of Halloween is the Celtic festival. Saw, uh, saw when is how it's pronounced. But the Celts actually, um, it was the celebration at summer's end. And it was the day of the dead for them. They believed that the souls of the deceased would be available for them to get help and assistance basically at the time of harvest time. So it was all surrounded from this like beyond otherworldly experience where they were receiving help from the other world, you know? But the Romans conquered the Celts in 43 AD and they brought their own fall festivals with them as well. And according to history, their October celebrations were called Feralia. And they also commemorated the passing of the dead on this day. Another holiday that they celebrated during this time was Pomana. They honored the Roman goddess of the fruit trees. So everything's kind of revolved around feeding their bellies, you know? This is also where the tradition of apple bobbing came from. So if you're going to participate in that, listen, like, oh, watch out. Like, it came from some crazy stuff in the Roman era, you know? Don't get infected. I'm sorry, I should. Yeah. I'm sorry. But listen to this. In 609, later on, hundreds of years later, you get Pope Boniface IV, and he dedicated in this season the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all the Christian martyrs, okay? And he set up the Catholic feast for All Martyrs Day. And this is, was established all over the Western church. Then Pope Gregory III later expanded this festival to include all the saints, not just the martyrs, but all the saints that had been passed. He moved this observance from May 13th to November 1st. Some believe that he actually moved it on purpose to actually infiltrate the celebration of Samhain. He was transforming a holiday. I believe, if I can speculate, because he actually knew the truth. He might have known what was true. So he decided to celebrate what's true. November 2nd became All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. This was the church man. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain with big bonfires, with parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils by the church. The All Saints Day was also called All Hallows or All Hallamus. And the night before it, traditional, traditionally this night of Samhain in the Celtic religion became called All Hallows Eve. 
and eventually Halloween. <laughs> so the, the church infiltrated a pagan holiday to commemorate dead saints that had died first as martyrs and then just had passed. And we're gonna celebrate people who passed and laid the way for us to be here and celebrate and sing praise. They have celebration. I would propose to you because they were, this is, might be controversial to say, but because they were standing, they knew the reality of this day. Similarly, it's true. If I were to bring a, uh, a rainbow flag up here and say, hey guys, what does this mean? What does this mean? Y'all, what does this mean? I'm gonna tell you what it means. It's the promise of God. And I don't care what anybody raises it for. The truth is that flag means a promise of God. Raise it all you want. I don't have to defend it because it's true. Try to make it what you want. <laughs> it's the promise of God because it's true. Live in that. Stand in the freedom of the reality. Set your minds on the reality of heaven. You don't have to defend the truth. It is the truth. But Jesus said in the end days, it'll be like the days of Noah. Hear me. It'll be like the days of Noah. The door is open for a time. You're invited to walk in. And so is anyone else who would stand up from their chair. So is anybody else in your life who sits in the seat of the mocker, are you inviting them to stand? Or are you appeasing them in their chair? Let's invite them to stand and receive the promise of God. That's why we're sending out on Halloween into neighborhoods. That's why we're not traditional in our thinking as we do this thing. We're not just coming singing songs and we'll be back next week. No, no, as a church, we're going into neighborhoods because we're calling people to stand. You are raised with Christ and you have a purpose. Is it awkward for you? Good. Come with some of us who've done it a little bit more. It's not as awkward anymore. And you'll find that this is something worth dying for because the Holy Spirit shows up with you and he's alive. Listen, he's alive. He's more, he's more, he's more. I want to close with this story. It comes from Mark Batterson's book, To Chase the Lion. And he tells the story of a guy named J.W. Tucker. And on this night of Hallow's Eve, I want to celebrate this story because I believe it sends us out with the truth that I think is quite powerful. J.W. Tucker, with hands tied behind his back, was thrown into an infested river filled with crocodiles. But this wasn't to ISIS or Al-Qaeda. It's been going on for quite a time. This was in 1964, actually, at the hands of the Congolese rebels. Now, our natural instinct, you might feel is to feel sorry for old Tucker, whose earthly life was seemingly cut short. But listen to this. Life cannot be cut short when it lasts for all eternity. Set your eyes on heaven. But when our eyes are not set on heaven, I begin to live for this day. And its day is tiny, it's too small. Come higher, come higher. Our life is far beyond this place. 
Now, a holy empathy comes over us oh, for his family, his wife and his children. And that's what I believe the scripture calls us into. So I feel deeply saddened for his family who lost a great supporter of their family, you know? I feel the pain. But that day heaven gained a hero. A hero in a long line of heroes who traced their genealogy back to the very first Christian martyr, Stephen. And I love that story because as Stephen is, is dying, it says that he sees this vision and you heard this passage where Christ is sit, seated at the right hand of God. It says that he sees the one, him, standing. Because listen, what was happening to Stephen that day wasn't happening to Stephen, it was happening to Jesus. He had joined his life with Stephen. And so as Stephen stood there before his accusers, before his mockers who were about to kill him, Christ stood with him. And his promise is wherever you go, he'll stand with you as well as you stand wherever we stand. Every one of us stands in different stages. Listen, every one of y'all are standing in different ways. But in the, in the grand scheme of God's good, pleasing and perfect will, eternal gain infinitely offsets this earthly plan. God doesn't promise us happily ever after here. He promises us so much more than that, happily forever after. Listen to me. I've heard happily ever after in the kids' movies. He promises happily forever after. That's the truth. The other sounds nice. That's the truth. But it was that, listen to me, it was that eternal perspective that inspired J.W. Tucker to risk his earthly life for this good news, which he stood in. Tucker didn't fear death because he had already died to himself. Oh, I fear nothing because I don't live for myself anyways. I've died already. I've been buried with Christ in baptism. Raised to walk in life. J.W. Tucker decided to go into this land, the Congo, during the Civil War. And he had counted the cost, and his friend, Morris, tried to convince him not to go. And he said, Listen, if you go in, he prophetically pleaded, he said, You will not come out. To which Tucker responded, God didn't tell me that I would come out. He only told me to go in. What has Christ told us today? Would you stand? I haven't told you to leave. I said you were in the world. You, I have called you to stand and now I have sent you into the world. John 20, one of Jesus' last statements, he said to his followers again, listen, peace be with you as my father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. Jesus was the first one to stand and he did it perfectly. 
Not only did he stand, he was nailed to a tree so that you and I who have not done it perfectly might stand. Receive that truth today. And as you receive that truth today, you will find yourself standing. He never promised you happily ever after. He promised you happily forever after. Would you follow him today in Halloween, wherever he takes you? Because he's taken us all into different places and spaces in this city. And I promise you, on a night where everybody believes it's the darkest, I promise you the king is still seated. Nothing's changed that. I promise you that as dark as it seems, ain't nothing stopping the light which has caused us to stand. It's still the light. Nothing has overcome the light. And I would tell you, you can stand in confidence that nothing will overcome the light. Stand in the truth and walk in it confidently and boldly. And it was people who gone before us that decided to continue standing that were then martyred because they wouldn't sit down. If you find yourself sit, sitting, stand back up. As a symbol of this, if you would stand with me on Halloween Eve, would you stand with me in, in some symbolism of this? Would you stand right where you are if you're saying, hey, I, I have received this truth and I do stand with Christ. Would you stand right where you are? We're just gonna stand if Christ is our Lord and Master, we're standing. Now, would you receive this truth? Would you remember it? What Jesus said, my peace be with you. No matter what else comes with you, his peace is with you. Do you receive that? Why is his peace with you? Not because of what you've done, because of what Jesus did. Receive that good news today. That's really good news. His peace is with you. Now, if his peace is with you, you can be at peace no matter what's happening around you because his truth has superseded everything. Would you set your mind on the reality of heaven, of the things above, where Christ is seated in the place of authority? What has been given authority in your life to bring peace? Leave that today, divorce that today. Receive the one who's sitting in place of authority and receive his peace. Now, as you're standing, would you receive the second part? As the Father has sent me, the first carrier of peace, even so, I'm sending you. Would you be sent tonight? We're gonna be sent together tonight all over the city. Right where you are, would you uh, offer up a prayer to him about being sent? What's your prayer to him? Are you afraid? Tell him. Do you wanna be sent? Tell him. Tell him right now, right where you are, just talk to him. And the scripture is true. You stand before him holy and blameless because the books have been reconciled. So throw all that other stuff out and stand before him and speak to him boldly, Abba, Father, your daddy, dad, dad. Father, tonight we know your truth is that you have sent us filled with your peace. 
God, I pray for each person in this room as we lead this place to people who are in search for peace. Many will have costumes to hide their lack of peace tonight. God, I pray that you would send us to those that we need to see, open our eyes to see them like you do. Oh God, break our hearts for them like your heart is broken for them. Give us a deep love that isn't even from ourselves. God, give us a great empathy and a forgiveness for those who need forgiven. Thank you for your forgiveness in our life. And God, we're thankful that we stand with you, not based upon what we've done, but what you've done. I pray for a rise in confidence and boldness in this room, just because the truth is you are with us. And you're still calling a lost world to yourself because you love it so much. Now we say, here we are, send us. Your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Pray a blessing over each one here today in Jesus' name, amen. Now guys, I can't wait to tell stories. I can't wait to see what God does with us. Maybe not even just tonight, but as you continue on through the, the week, I encourage you, families, disciple your children to understand that this isn't just a day to get candy. We're meeting people right where they are. And Jesus has given us the sweetest gift ever. He has loved us so much. This is the greatest gift. And we've received this, so we're walking filled with his love. Let's go see what he does with us tonight. I love y'all so much. Thanks for being here. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. If y'all need to talk, pray, come, let's do that. Other than that, would you hug two people? And if you're looking for a neighborhood you wanna be a part of, come find us, come talk to me up here. I'll help you understand where everybody is. I love y'all so much. Have a wonderful day.